State Championship podcast with Robbie Fetcher, Travis Cox, and myself, your humble commish, Jay Farrell Elliott. We come to you on a late night Thursday from Louisville, Kentucky, with news from the KFFSC. It's a great night to have a podcast because our podcast tonight coincides with generally the first day of camp opening around the NFL. We've had a big day in fantasy football. Uh, if you are listening in the Cincinnati area, please take note. We'll have 72 players live at the Jack Casino this year. And Travis Travis is waving at me. Travis, go ahead. Say what you want to do, buddy. I was telling you to scoot your mic a little closer. And we're going to move the mic closer because Travis wants me on that oh, mic. He wants that no, because sometimes the starts sure going in. Hey, all. baby, what are you talking about camp now? What you know, uh, and, and well, thank you, brother, for getting me. Uh, technically, you are the producer of this show, and you can move that mic any way you, you want to. Are you happy with it now? I am very pleased. We are in position, and you know, if you're in position to win the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship in November and December, the first thing you got to do in August and July is join. And we had a big group of signups today, Fetch. Um, this week, I really enjoyed the fact of the guys who are coming back. I want to talk a little about, bit about them. Your great friend, Brendan Bergen, comes back to the league after a couple years off. I think we... Uh, I, I think uh, we mentioned uh, Kirk Blakeman last week. Johnny Duckworth out of Atlanta, Georgia, comes back not only for the main event, but Johnny uh, jumped into our new contest that will draft on August 9th. Fetch, it's called Crazy Nines, a $99 entry. Big payback play-in, winner take all. You like the concept of a uh, draft master uh, uh, draft with with a big prize this early fetch i do actually i think with the with the draft masters concept you can go out and get those uh rookies those young guys you think are going to break out and have that big game throughout the year because that's that's what you're looking for those breakout handsome, stars handsome young fellow named travis cox was the number three player that jumped in rick ross mike mattingly uh we snowballed from there half the league is already sold will probably be completely sold out tomorrow people want that ticket they don't want they want to play in that league but they don't necessarily want to write the thousand dollar check you know there's a lot of guys that play in both of them they write the two thousand dollar check to play schroeder's in there twice Rosek's in there twice gerzak's in there twice danny mueller in there twice if you want a chance to beat the best this is what you've got to do all these same players Play in the main event. You know, come on, make the decision to join us. But if you're going to get in Cincinnati, we've got four spots left at the 130 slot. Then we shut it down. Let's go to Cincinnati with camps opening and talk about some things that might be happening there at the wide receiver position. It's always a difficult situation for me to hammer out what's going to happen. Uh, in Cincinnati. We'll go to one of our number one Bengal fans that play in the KFFSC. Travis Cox, it's Ross, it's Green, it's Boyd, it's LaFell. Every one of them last year regressed somewhat from the expected performance and their past performance. What do you got for us with this group? 
I think the group is going to be a lot better this year. It's a second year under Bill Lazor. Joe Mixon's losing some weight. He's going to be a better uh, running back in terms of opening up some lanes for the receivers. And honestly, John Ross was the biggest wild card uh, last year right. for this team. He is now a whole year removed from his antics and, and shoulder injuries and leg injuries. He had all these antics? Things. Antics and injuries? Yeah, he had both. He, when he, you're the ninth pick overall in the draft, you need to be healthy and you don't need to be antics. Fetch, you got any hope for any of these players? You know, it, talking about the draft master concept, I think some of these guys are, are the type that could bust out for a game or two and get mm. you some points in that. But because there's three guys, you got, to me, you got Ross as your deep threat. So I don't see a lot of balls caught, but maybe, you know, quite a few receiving yards for that number, maybe a. 15 yards a catch type guy. Then you have LaFell and Boyd who are more slot type. I mean, LaFell plays outside, but I think they're going to try to use the other two kind of in the slot. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd kind of had a, maybe a, an awakening in that Baltimore game where Cincinnati has given hope to their fans when they beat that Baltimore team. Who what had week everything. you talking about? Week 17. Week 17. Yeah. Week 17. Yeah. Baltimore had everything to play for. Well, Cincinnati had – the only thing they were really playing for was Marvin Jones's job. And they kind of went out for a limb for him. But, again, from a fantasy perspective, I see these three guys kind of sharing the 2-3-4 spot. So nothing in your yearly leagues, but maybe a spot in that draft masters. And if I wanted to choose one, it would be Ross in that draft masters. Okay, let's start with A.J. Green, Travis, who, who has oftentimes been drafted in the first round. If not in the first round, early in the second. Where does he go this year uh, in August in Kentucky and Cincinnati? He's mid to late second right now, and that's that's too late. Um, that's too late. You're going to get bargain for him, or you you know you're playing multiple teams. How many times would you grab AJ Green if you were in the first part of the draft and he rolls to you at the end of the second round? Are you going to grab him in every league? Just, I mean, 75% of the leagues I do, if he comes to me in the first five picks in the second – or the last five picks in the second round, sure. yes, it's it's game over. Okay, so what else do you have to add to Fetch's sterling and a very impressive analysis of a group that I don't think can really help you win in fantasy football? You got anything to add? The group will not help you win in fantasy football other than A.J. Green. I think that John Ross in the double-digit rounds he's going in in redraft leagues uh, can provide somewhat of a lottery ticket, if you will. And, you know, it's someone that is going to have a 15 to, you know, 13 catch, um, you know, yards per catch type of deal there, which could end up being a, I don't know, uh, a Mike Wallace-esque from two years ago who mm. caught, um, you know, a bunch of big games or Deshaun Jackson-esque, which would, not, you know, be nice. Mike Wallace-esque takes you to four and seven-esque in the first three weeks. Fetch, you got anything? <laughs> I'd say the last thing I'd want to put around this bow of the Bengals is the guy who may be the biggest you know, reward from all this is Andy Dalton. The guy mm -hmm. has been a fantasy relevant quarterback in the past. Right. I think if he has all these weapons and Mixon uh, doing a good job in the backfield and Geo catching the ball, I think he could be a very, very reliable backup quarterback for your fantasy team this year. Dan Claskins, who has been so um, accommodating to have me on his fantastic show on Saturday and Sunday on XM Fantasy Sports. Uh, Dan and James Adams, our former champ, host, host and co-host that show. Um, he is always, uh, Claskins has always been a supporter of the uh, Red Rifle at quarterback. 
in the late rounds. Hey, you know, he likes him like the three of us like Rivers and that group, you know. And, and I, Dan may well not be wrong. Now, let's go to Baltimore, stay in the same division. We talked a lot about Baltimore. It's Brown, it's Sneed, and it's Crabtree. Tell us which Brown it is, Travis. A longtime favorite of yours surfaces in Baltimore. Can we get anything out of this player? John Brown, I believe so. The, the offensive coordinator, Marty Morningwig, has been talking him up for the past couple of days. Uh, and the guy, there is no question about his talent. He is a very talented wide receiver. It's the guy who caught 90 balls in one season. Uh, the only thing is, can he stay healthy? It's interesting when you have three receivers, Fetch, making up your receiver core, all coming uh, from different programs, all coming in as free agents. We've, we've exhausted our conversation about Crabtree. Give me some numbers on uh, what you think Willie Sneed will do. Again, coming off the year he had last year, I don't expect more than 40 balls. This is a uh, offense that that spreads it around. Okay, is very unique. They're going to get Lamar Jackson involved. They've got the rookie uh, tied in from South Carolina. They want to get involved. Obviously, they got uh, backfield issues with Alex Collins, Jarvis Allen. What is so, the backfield issue with Alex issue, Collins? Just, there we go again on Alex Collins. What's the it, issue? It, it, hey, they're the already fact that it's rotating. It's rotating. It's rotating. You, it, it, it's like. Baltimore roulette on who's going to play running when, back. When Collins comes in that game and never leaves the field, I'm going to hammer you guys with it all but, year. I tell you what else, what a player, though, that I like. I liked him in college. I talked to some of his teammates out at UCLA about him, and I didn't realize he was that good a player, but I think he is, and I think he's going to get better. A rookie that I think we need to shine the light on, mid-round draft pick out of UCLA, Jordan Lastly. Travis, you're familiar with this player? Yes, sir. Out of UCLA, he's a guy who's an excellent route runner. Uh, and someone that can catch some pretty contested balls. What's his size, uh, Fetch? What's his size, size. Travis? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's six one or so. That's what I'm going to go what's your, with. What's your guess there, Fetch? Well, I, I asked that question because Sneed is five foot something. Brown is five foot less. So what do we got in Lastly as a he's player? Six one two oh five. Six one two oh five. That's a good looking wide receiver out of college. You know, sometimes those middle round guys that come in I think a lot of this but, but but isn't it still even more muddled when you got Brashard Perriam in there guys that have yeah been well we're we basically I mean, not even talking about Perriman and, and high round draft pick that's still not uh, worked out well, so. well Perriman uh, has, has got high round draft money but I tell you what um uh, that player may be uh, may, may find him maybe looking for a roster another, spot somewhere else with another club and you know that team uh, I thought Baltimore took a lot of risk in their in their choice of, of that receiver when he when he came out of college, it wasn't one of my wasn't one of my favorite college receivers. I would have never drafted him that high, and that's for a that's with a general manager that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You know, risk is one of the things that fantasy players have to make a funny dance with. When you come to Cincinnati, when you come to Louisville, um, you've you've got to embrace risk and understand where and how to apply it. I I was on uh, I mentioned being on Claskin show and I said something the other day, um, and I probably repeated it. I think Ron Meyer was the first guy I ever heard say it. If you're going to draft a team based on average draft position, you're going to end up with a pretty average team. So Travis, where do you embrace risk? Where what's the first place in the draft that you're going to go out and say? you know what, that guy, I like him better than everybody else, and, you know, I want to get him, so I'm going to overpay for it. 
I'll do it as high as the second round. I, I want to make sure I have a, a rock-solid number one guy. I'm not getting cute with the, with the first round. I'm not going to go up there and grab. One year I learned my lesson. I, I took Eddie Lacy because he had a decent year the year before in the first round. That bit me in the butt. So I've learned my lesson. I have a rock-solid number one guy up front. And then the second round, I'm taking flyers, and I'm going to try to build my base up in the third and fourth round. Don't you wish some, you had taken a flyer? On a running back named Gurley in the second round I last did. year. Everybody I, else was taking him in the third. I had Gurley and Kamara on just about everything. I know you did, son. I know you did. Fetch, your uh, affiliation and romance with Risk is well noted in the annals of KFFSC history. And I think you do better when you embrace Risk. Nobody pulling you back at the reins this year. What? what a, tell me something about the way you're going to approach these drafts. I, I go a little farther. I think you could – you can wait till about the fourth round. I, I'm going to go more solid one, two, and three. Now, when, I, when you're taking a risk in the second and third round, you're only jumping up four or five spots. So maybe me That's and Travis true. are talking about a different risk here. So my risk when I start fourth, fifth, sixth round is when I'm really going to take a guy a round or two earlier than anybody else, and I'm going to do it on somebody that I think is going to make a huge jump or a rookie that I think is just going to explode onto the scene, especially late in the year. I can find a guy 10th, 12th round to start during the regular season to get my points. From that fourth through the eighth round, that's when I want to get my guy that is going about playoff time, divisional playoff, really, really starting to up his numbers. It's fascinating how guys will come into – um, fantasy football and, and what they will do. You know, I'm going to give you some names right now that, that are obviously very, very risky for this year. The first one is Josh Gordon. There's little we can say about him. Anybody <laughs> want to say anything? Uh, don't, don't draft him. him. There you go. Excellent. So that, and unison. A, a unrehearsed unison of, of uh, Fetch and, and Travis Cox. But, you know, this is a player. I remember when this player, uh, six-game, a suspension we didn't know what if he would even come back or if he would be uh, reinstated to the league and I remember guys taking him in 11th 12th 13th round because they were just so fired up about his potential and when he did come back he did perform for some of them Julio Jones can you live with the risk of the new receiver fetch in the Atlanta I definitely can now that he's uh signed and coming to camp and you know he's going to be there uh, again Calvin Ridley's a great talent but uh, the chemistry that Matt Ryan and him have for so long I don't think uh, you have to worry now that two very good players begin the year on the uh, PUP uh, Alshon Jeffrey he uh, he threw us a zero in the last regular season game and here with the camp starting he's throwing uh, early camp zeros at us Travis any thoughts about how you embrace this player He's not even a guarantee to start week one, so you have to be very cautious. He's going in the fifth round, uh, sometimes the fourth round. So that you know, he he's dropped down to the seventh and eighth for me if I even were to think about it. I want to get Chad Schroeder on the show sometime where I can ask him <laughs> what he thinks about Alshon Jeffrey. Not much, but Chad, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Chad rosters that player again this year. Deontay Foreman, Deontay Foreman. Uh, that Lamar Miller train that uh, Brandon <laughs> Hakey blew up the tracks and, and ran off the tracks, that Lamar Miller train is getting a steam engine going and getting things moving as a potential 
player that you could have value from in the fifth and sixth round. Foreman now uh, physically unable to perform. Fetch, what's the nature of his injury? It's an Achilles, and uh, with the size of, of Foreman, that worries you a little bit. Uh, I will still not go against uh, Mr. Hankey. I think this is becoming a situation maybe where you don't draft either guy because I, I will have concerns about uh, his health coming back, uh, being, being the large size that he is. Um, and then Miller, you know, we already have concerns about his production. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Well, what you're going to do probably is if you're sitting next to Fetch in the draft and uh, you, you've got Lamar Miller teed up and you're waiting for him and Fetch takes Lamar Miller, you're just going to have to say, that Fetch is just a lying son of a gun. You never, folks, don't. Fetch could be throwing a smoke screen. We'll, uh, we'll try to uh, wave through the smoke and wait for some of it to clear. We'll take a little break and we're going to come back and look at some training camp situations uh, position battles that affect the, all the other fantasy player point position uh, point productivity on other teams and we'll see how far we can get with that in stirring up some action for some of the fantasy players you'll draft Something later in the 2018 draft tell me what the problem is I see what I can do there are times we disagree we agree more than we don't. Welcome back, everyone, for our tonight's second segment here in late July. Uh, next week's podcast, guys, is going to be very, very entertaining. You don't want to miss it. I will be uh, in music and fantasy football heaven as I will be in Appleton, Wisconsin, with 250 bands, Dave Gerzak, Eric Bogman, Ron Meyer, Leroy Corson, uh, uh, Kurt All, our champions there too, but I haven't seen Kurt at uh, Mile of Music yet. But this will be my third year in attendance, and I hope he see. I hope to see him this time filling in for me. Uh, the wonderful, um, talented veteran player of the KFFSC and the erstwhile father of one Travis Cox, Jamie Cox Fetch, will be joining us, along with our former champion, uh, Justin McCord. And those two will make for an interesting and informative uh, podcast where I may not get my job back, Fetch. This may be over for right, me. Right, you're fired. You're, you're putting me and Travis in charge, so you, you don't know what topics we may talk about <laughs> next week. I'm going to tease the audience. We may have some very interesting topics. Well, you guys week. are great friends, and that's why we let in with our, uh, our wonderful song from multi-Grammy winner Pop Staples, the late great Pop Staples of Friendship. There's a friendship in Chicago, Fetch, that I want to talk about right now, and I want to know which running back is going to have the biggest friendship in this new situation of, of the offensive coordinator and the head coach Nagy coming in with the Chicago Bears. We're talking about Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Fetch, your thoughts, Travis, your thoughts on this interesting matchup. I think it's a very dynamic one. Uh, obviously, Jordan Howard is going to be the guy who is going to be um, your main fantasy point getter there. Tariq Cohen's a guy in the sixth, seventh round that you can rely on to to be a flex guy for you, a consistent one in my opinion, uh, with the way Matt Nagy is going to transform this offense. Okay, now fetch. 
Travis, I think, is is spot on here. But is Jordan Howard coming off the field? We, we've uh, been following football guys very, very closely, and some reports keep talking about uh, Nagy using this uh, Jordan Howard as a three-down back. That's what he was in college. That's what he flashes. Uh, he's a workhorse back. What do you think? I actually think this is an opportunity for you to have two fantasy values, almost like maybe not as dynamic as Ingram and Kamara last year, but I've heard rumors that, you know, they're going to use Cohen as more like a Tariq Hill guy. You know, a lot of screens, a lot in the slot, which allows Jordan Howard to be in the backfield, be that monster runner that he can be, which he was his rookie year. And he had a solid year last year. So, uh, again, with this, I mean, it's kind of fat. I talk about this all the time, but these Andy Reid disciple guys, they just seem to know how to run offenses and utilize guys in special ways boy fetch has got that man crush on andy reed doesn't he travis now you take a situation also with an improving quarterback in his second year at chicago is is that one of the points you would like to write uh, bring home with the bears well sort of and i also like to say that jordan howard even though there are talks about three down potential the guy had eight drops last year or, or more actually it was, it was over eight drops which is a huge deal his catch rate is ridiculously low uh, so unless he improves upon that, Tariq Cohen is your third down back. I would like to see those drops. You know, I'd like to see them. I'd like to, I'd like to see what constitutes as a drop because I don't know if there is any more uh, difficult stat to follow. If you get your hands on it, is that a drop? You know, some of the passes that you got from uh, Chicago Bears quarterbacks last year <laughs> were, you know. <laughs> Especially as a running back because you get so many dropped, uh, you know, drop-off, dump-off passes where the – a quarterback is under duress and just kind of throws maybe a wobble or something else. Well, if you remember game one uh, against the Falcons, he actually dropped the game-winning touchdown pass. Yes. I do yes. recall yes. that. I do I do recall that, and I do recall Tariq. Good evidence, Travis. I do, Good evidence. Yes. I do yes. recall Tariq Cohen having a, a fantastic day uh, that day. You know, uh, a place where the quarterback situation uh, will determine a lot in fantasy football and we don't really know if you're if you're drafting Jets position players, uh, you must have a better idea than we do because we don't really know who's going to be quarterback uh, with the New York Jets. Do you have a favorite fetch? I really think uh, Josh McCown is going to win this job. I think there's a lot of coach speak out there, but this is one of those um, position battles I'm really going to be watching because it's going to affect a guy like Robbie Anderson very much. Sam Darnold is, is very young. He's, he's one of the guys who uh, just had three years in college. Those guys generally need that time in camp and right. in the first part of the season to really, you know, get used to the NFL. And because of that, I believe McCown will get the job, and that gives me the kind of the green light to go ahead and get Robbie Anderson. But if I start to hear, you know, flutterings that, oh, we're just going to give it to – Darnold and everything else I'm going to back off Robbie Anderson yeah they definitely had a connection him and McCown and then I, I mean Travis talked about earlier I think a lot of this with Teddy Bridgewater is coach speak they're looking to trade well, for what's him. coach speak saying they're just they're him. saying he looks good hoping somebody will give him a call when they get an injury in uh, training camp so he can go be a backup somewhere else Teddy Bridgewater is a wonderful guy to have in the meeting room Travis what you think that the the Jets are going forward with two active quarterbacks I don't know. I think it's possible, but I would like to see Teddy Bridgewater get a shot somewhere else. 
Teddy Bridgewater getting a shot in the NFL is, is a far-fetched opportunity with uh, all the young quarterbacks in the league. I'm just glad that the, the player is still in the league. Guys, we look uh, at a situation out in Arizona. Last week we, we talked uh, about wide receiver Fitzgerald, and, and we all basically came to a conclusion that we can expect good things from that player. And we didn't really touch on much of what else is going on at wide receiver position. You know, and if you're going to be successful uh, as a wide receiver, you've got to have a running buddy. You know, six and eight running mates. You've got to have someone that can jump in there with you. Fetch, we're looking at a Chad Williams. We're looking at Christian Kirk. And we're looking at one of my old favorite Raiders, Bryce Butler. What do you think, Fetch? Who's going to be the number two guy? I think the job's going to eventually go to Chad Williams. This is the guy they want to have it. He has uh, the ability, the catch radius, all those big words that you want. You want. Williams is the rookie out of A&M. Second year. No, Kirk, Kirk is, is, is the rookie. I think he is going to be slotted in the slot and as a return guy. So I think really is the two guy. I think they want Chad Williams to win it. J.J. Nelson's been there a long time. Bryce Butler has had his chop. We know what Bryce Butler is. Right, exactly. So this Chad Williams, I think that's – he's learning the position. He came from a small college, so he wasn't maybe yet used to the talent level that he was going to play out here in the the pros. And he's learning the art of being a receiver. And I think this may be his year to break out. Travis, uh, what do you think about this situation out in Arizona? For the time being, I like J.J. Nelson. Uh, however, I do like Christian Kirk a ton. I'm not as high as on Chad Williams as Fetch is. Uh, Christian Kirk's a, a guy who can really, you know, be a dynamic threat for you. So I'm looking for him to do better. But the coach speak out there right now on him is he's not doing so hot. And he's I'm looking at down. this analysis from you two, and I can tell one thing by looking at you. Your passion level is non-existent if you're drafting <laughs> against fetch if you're drafting against travis none of these arizona receivers are coming but, off but the you, board you none got, of them fetch you got a rookie quarterback there in josh Rosen that's that why wants I, to make yeah. a connection though with one of these well, young sam guys for two though I, I, well i'm talking week four because we know sam bradford's <laughs> not playing after week four and, and what has, i'm looking to is a breakout guy for my playoffs fetch is called the batesville casket company for uh, for the quarterback Ooh. after week four, <laughs> guys, you're just you just hammer that guy. My good flat. friend Brendan really likes that comment about the uh, Batesville cabinet coming as he grew up near there. Yes, uh, all right, Brendan, you're getting a lot of <laughs> shout outs tonight. I want to give a shout outs to uh, some players. You know, one of the things that that I love about guys signing up early naturally it's good for the business. It gets your base of players. You can see the direction of where some of the events are going, but also there's time to talk a little bit with the guys that call in about fantasy ball as we as we move later in the year there's so much to do and sometimes i got to jump off the phone quicker than i would like to but i had a wonderful conversation uh this week with ryan mcguire now ryan mcguire is a real interesting guy from lexington kentucky he now lives out in california he's a pal of dr hakey he's coming in for his first trip pal of pk daddy pat kelly he's going to be a guy that i want you guys to get to know uh, here at the draft. I'm, I'm equally thrilled that Pat Graff's son, Zach, celebrating his 21st birthday this summer, has jumped into the league. Zach's going to uh, draft online. Uh, Jonathan Wolf returns to Cincinnati. And Jonathan Wolf, I think, is a very good player, Fetch. You'll have to check him out. Uh, two division plays up there. It's just, it's just a really great group of guys coming into the league fetch they got a really great group of running backs in green bay one of them's got some problems though 
Well, a couple of them got problems. But, but one thing I'd like to say is all those guys sound like great candidates to join us at the Cox after party on oh, Saturday. Oh, the Cox after party. Oh, oh I mean, gosh. those guys. You know, the thing is, I can't imagine <laughs> the thing die. about the Cox after party. There'll be no crosstalk about the Cox after party. <laughs> you know, this year I'm going to have to make it. First of all, I, I've only made it in passing in the last couple of years. And, you know, we've just learned – uh, tonight that Travis Cox has had a wonderful windfall from a business proposition that came through this evening, which leaves uh, unlimited credit card uh, charging there. Uh, Ronnie Shirley is actually in training right now for the Cox uh, after party. Are, are we going to have a Ronnie Ray Shirley? Are, are we going to have a Ray Chung? Um, Redemption <laughs> we're, maybe we're we're ever, I thought maybe an award for uh, all-night partying. He, he should have gotten an award, but Ronnie Shirley also had a very grand night that night. So I well, Ronnie Shirley, that. Mr. Smooth, has a grand night wherever he is. The greatest thing about Ray Chung is people travel all over from, from all over the country to, to get here. Ray make, begins his long journey from Hong Kong through California around to New York. He's actually flying in from Boston this year as he comes cross country but ray gets here drafts on saturday night i'm sorry on friday night wakes up on saturday morning goes and runs a mini marathon so last year i said it to everybody i said ray just ran a marathon he says no Farrell's a mini marathon only whatever in the hell a 13 mini. miles and, what only, and i and i i said son we're, we're going to call that a marathon for our purposes that, that qualifies, <laughs> for, most for, for, for most of our guys that qualifies <laughs> yes. as a marathon and uh but you know what a, what a great guy with an interesting past uh i just wish he could bring his uh drafting partner with him omar the cat i, I love omar <laughs> Let's get back to these Packers. Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Now, I went to the Senior Bowl and fetch you. You let me know it was seems like longer than this, but it was 2017. And one of the guys I hang with, a financial manager in the NFL, he had been uh, uh, recruiting Jamal, and we we spent some time with him. Um, and I just remember this big, explosive smile. This guy would have been a player that I would have drafted just based on personality. He's the right kind of kid and a kid that you wish for and hope for to win the game. Jones a little different. Didn't Jones come into the league uh, as a later round draft pick? He was, a, he was uh, I believe, a round after him as the uh, oh, that Packers close, drafted huh? uh, three running backs. Yes, so he, okay. he went in the so, fifth round. So my point is I love these two running backs. Jones is ineligible for four weeks, Travis? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two, two, two weeks. weeks. So Jones is out for two weeks. But, the, but my question to you guys, and I'll let you answer it, my question or my statement, and you can debate it. I think Ty Montgomery's run as a as a running back uh, is essentially over with with this team. Well, first of all, I don't think it ever really started. It was kind of a gadgety thing last year, and and I think on draft day when they drafted three running backs, we realized they didn't really believe in Ty Montgomery as a running back. Uh, I still fa feel like he may be the heir apparent to Randall Jones or Randall Cobb, excuse me, if he leaves. Uh, my feeling on this backfield is Jamal Williams is going to get the first shot because of the suspension, and he is very talented. But I think, as last year shown, by the end of the year, Aaron Jones will be the starting running back in Green Bay, and that is very important in fantasy relevance because late in the year, the frozen tundra of Green <laughs> Bay, of Lambeau Field, even though Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, they like to run the football. Sure. When they've had success in the playoffs – uh, they've had a good running back like a James Starks who made a great run back when they won the Super Bowl. 
you know, Travis, are you falling in with, with both these guys, and, and would you draft both of them on your club? I actually have done a couple drafts where I went Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, back-to-back. Right. Uh, and I like that a lot. I'm walking up that backfield. Uh, however, I do think Ty Montgomery isn't dead just yet. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers, he averaged, a, a, you know, about 13 points per game, um, you know, when Aaron Rodgers is on the field. So you can take that at – how you want it, but he's going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. I, I think he'll be involved, and I don't think he's dead as a player. I should have re, I should have stated that he is he's over as a ball carrier. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's through with carrying the ball, except as as Fetch says, as a gadget player. So you look at this team that's overflowing with these running backs, and who knows? They'll probably have a young guy show up that flashes as well, and then you go south down I-65, and you end up eventually in Indianapolis, where they have three challengers, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, who we all watched for NC State and have some good games uh, in the league against, uh, against Louisville as well, and then Jordan Wilkins, a free agent from Ole Miss. Now, we, we talk about free agent running backs. Uh, I remember when a running back named Foster was a free agent running back out of the SEC. I can't, I can't really say that it won't happen, Fetch. But what do you? Th- these are your Colts, Fetch. This is what you got to deal with. Well, again, as a backfield, there's none of them are a true great three-down back. So we know we have that. So fantasy-wise, what I'm looking at is Naeem Hines as that third-down back who can give you – Kind of a, I've heard of a Chris Thompson-like feel, Mm -hmm. which if he got numbers like that, you'd be ecstatic. And the chance that maybe he could, because I don't, like I said, I don't feel like Marlon Mack's a three-down back. So if I'm taking a chance uh, on a guy here, it's Hines. Hines is the cheaper of the the choices, Travis. How many rounds between them, Mack Uh, and Hines? There's there's quite a few. Mack is going in the eighth or seventh round. Hines is in the tenth and eleventh most of the time. Well, Hines is already in the tenth or eleventh. That means after he flashes in the preseason by draft day, he's going to be going much higher. Don't you I agree. agree? I totally That's agree. That's one of the reasons you want to draft early, folks. Our first main event draft online, August twelfth, right now. Uh, previous to that is the. Uh, Crazy Nines, the uh, big payback play-in, which we've already talked about. But our first main event uh, that we feel will sell out is, is August 12th. We have five dates confident that will sell out. Uh, check with me August 14th, 16th, 27th, and I believe 21st. All of those draft dates are still open. Uh, we're going to push uh, as we move towards um, as, as we move towards these live events selling out. We'll have to push some of the guys that call in late uh, to online. How much of a work have you done online so far this year, Fetch? I've had a couple drafts. I'm just really trying to get into the mix of it, really see where kind of kind of the trends of what people are doing with a Lamar Miller as you see him drop and, and just some of these rookies and how they're really jumping up the draft board after the success from last year. So I, it's a feeling out process, but now that we training camps are getting on that, it's the reason I wanted to talk about it. We've talked about speculation. Now is when jobs are earned. This is when you find out who's going to win that job, and that's really where I think the ADP starts changing, and you really you see what roles guys are going to play once the pads get put on in a couple days. Travis has made a couple of references to coach speak, and I think that is – is very intuitive and very correct because there's a lot of talk. Uh, 
You know, Travis Fetch and I are old enough, and I'm especially old enough to remember when training camp, they had six preseason games. You had two-a-days in training camp. You hit in training camp. Now there's a lot more talk about it because riders can't really see what's happening. There's not that kind of level of work. And in some of the preseason games, they've become so vanilla and so blasé that you really cannot, you know, you don't see a lot of the guys play, especially in the week four game. That week that we're at uh, the horseshoe, week three, that's the last weekend of preseason where you can actually see any players giving you a flash of what they might do during the regular season. Travis, uh, really all the drafts so far have been just sort of to get your feet wet and to take a look at some things. Are you really getting fired up? about uh, the main event and the big payback play-in and those drafts, and how will you approach them differently? I'm completely fired up. This is my favorite time of the year. I love those first couple online drafts. I feel like we get some value in those drafts because everybody's freaking out on what to do. But um, preparing is is pretty simple. I I just do a bunch of drafts before. (laughs) There's nothing really much you can do because I'm not an ADP-based drafter or a value-based drafter, all these new words they have for these drafting uh, terms. I just go in there, find my guys I like, take them around earlier and move on you've got a week of training camps i will miss you guys next weekend before we leave i'm going to come in with one question and i'm going to um, encourage our listeners to send in some more questions for us but our, our wonderful player kevin williamson comes in with a question and i mean it's very astute and it's exactly right and it's a it's a very pointed question we're going to the carolina panthers a team that we just can't leave alone we can't quit talking about these guys i think it's a very mysterious ball club to try to figure out and i think we'll see those players all over the draft the adp is a meaningless number for these guys kevin williamson's question who has the most rushing uh, touchdowns for the carolina panthers this year quarterback newton running back anderson running Running back, slot receiver, McCaffrey. Who has the most? Cam Newton. Cam Newton. How many? Uh, Ten. Travis? I'm going to go Cam Newton with a slight edge to C.J. Anderson as well over Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey last year, we we said 80 catches. Um, Touchdowns last year, Fetch, if you can pull them up for us. I think we decided that McCaffrey would go over his number last year. Wasn't it seven or eight? I, I think it was, but here's the thing with McCaffrey, too. The guy had 116 targets, which is right. unprecedented for running backs. Uh, the, not if you're Matt Forte. Well, not if you're a lot of running for a backs. 200, that's not unprecedented. For a 208-pound running back who should be using the slot, yes, that's unprecedented. All right. the, the thing with that is, though, he did that without a healthy Greg Olson. Uh, with uh-huh. Kelvin Benjamin left. Right. They now have a new receiver, DJ Moore. You're saying out of necessity. Yes. So I think that number goes down. I think uh, Christian McCaffrey's total production may go down. Uh, especially when you have a healthy Cam Newton running around and diving in the end zone like we see him over the years. Fetch, the only thing Travis wants to do is uh, take Christian McCaffrey's hands and put him on Jordan Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we appreciate you listening tonight and coming in. Uh, Fetch, appreciate your 
late night contribution here, Travis as well. Fetch, you got any? I got uh, one more question for you. For, one, for me, what, what one of the most interesting things to having you here, not to talk about your age, but is some of the uh, people you've spoken with, and we we talk about coach speak, which today yeah. that that's fake news or whatever. One of the original guys of that is George Allen. You told me a story that you met Jack Kit Cook, Jack Kit Cook. Back in the day, did you ever meet George Allen? Because he is supposed oh to be a goodness. legendary conspiracy guy. He, Bill Belichick, everybody's trying to spy on him. Do you got a good story about George Allen? George Allen, a wonderful, wonderful guy. Now, it, I met him through his son, and his son is now the president of the Washington Redskins. It's Bruce Allen. Uh, Bruce wasn't player agent. He, he uh, as his college days, he was living in Arizona about the time of the USFL in the mid '80s. Bruce. Uh, went around the campuses and, and met a lot of ball players, And he basically had carte blanche because he was George's son. Matter of fact, he had been traveling. He had been traveling with his dad for years, you know, so he'd been going to college campuses since he was 12 years old. So when, when he decided to become an agent, he just kept going to college campuses, walking on the campus. He had, he could move around and get anything done. He had a very, very successful career. And then he moved out of the agent business and, um, I always told him you started working for the bad guys, but you know his father, uh, his father would not leave the game of football alone, and and nor you know, and he shouldn't have. And and he had a wonderful run, and I will I'll never forget the fact that you know he 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 won his last college game. Was it was it Long Beach? Was it Long Beach uh, State? Was it? Long Beach State? And they dumped the Gatorade on him and uh, he contracted pneumonia and who knows if that was related but I'll be damned he was gone uh, oh, you know he was gone soon after that and he left us too early but George Allen was you know he had his moments uh, a legend great history le legendary relationship with the fearsome foursome and Deacon Jones and it's just great story if you ever see their family story on the I'm glad you brought that up because in Los Angeles right now when, when George Allen was in Los Angeles that team and that family were the toast of the town just absolutely the toast of the town we have a Los Angeles team and Los Angeles Rams now and you know that the team left and it's coming back and it's trying to find its fan base but you know that's a Laker town that's a Dodger town it's a big spread out town with people from all over the country that are there with team allegiances that don't necessarily go the rounds plus they're playing in the old stadium and we've got a team out there Travis your boys is Los Angeles Rams I know you love them all they could be in the Super Bowl this year and I think that's what it's going to take to get the city of Los Angeles to become the rabid, be the rabid fans that they sure. were when I was growing up with the Rams. What, what's on your mind, Travis? We forgot to talk about one thing. What We, we forgot to talk about a lot of things. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. Well, we talked about that last week, Travis. That's a non-closer, but what but do you want to say? I just want to get one thing off Lewis my chest. Lewis and Henry, get it off your one chest. One thing off my chest just to stir everybody up a little bit. Yeah. Deion Lewis is the RB1 in Tennessee, and I'm done. Wow, that's a that's a great sign. I'll take Derrick Henry first. Oh my God, we've we've got a fighting with Fetch and Travis Cox throws it down. What do you guys got on it? Five? You got five on it? I'll it's just yeah. shaking. More famous points. They've got five, folks. We appreciate you listening. If you want more George Allen stories, I've forgotten some of these football stories. I, I'll tell you the Jack Kent Cook story another day, maybe at the Travis Cox uh, after party on Saturday night. We're signing off for now, everyone. The uh, crew will see you next Thursday, and I'll get with you upon my return from that. Give me a call at 502 
523-5057, wherever I am, I'll answer that phone and try to get you in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship where you can join Fetch and Travis and hundreds of others to make your run for the 2018 championship. The inmates will be running the asylum next week. And the Cox Party is a bring-your-own-money party. <laughs> Everybody help me sing, having a party, everybody.